What is up, everybody? This is Brady Covington, the podcast producer for The EAL Show and Random Golf Club, and I am taking over for Eric today. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just here to read you guys some ads before we get started in our podcast. Today's show is brought to you in part by Caliper CBD, who says taking care of yourself needs to be hard. What's great about CBD is that it offers you a way to feel better without making drastic changes to your routine. Personally, it helps me sleep better, feel calmer, and makes me feel less sore. Unlike CBD oils, Caliper CBD powder is completely tasteless and mixes easily in any food or drink. There's no weird taste, no oily residue, and no weird mouthfeel. There's precisely 20 milligrams in each packet of Caliper CBD, so you never have to question how much CBD you're taking again. You can take it in the morning, in your coffee, smoothies, evening tea, happy hour mocktail, protein shakes, cookie, water, on the golf course, off the golf course, wherever you want. Rediscover your best self with CBD product that's clinically proven to be superior to standard CBD oils. Your body is mostly water, and oil and water don't mix. CBD oil is no different. It's clinically proven that you absorb 450% more CBD with caliper CBD powder compared to tinctures. That's crazy, 450% more. Caliper gives you all the benefits of CBD in just 15 minutes, about twice as fast as CBD oils. It also comes in convenient, affordable 30 or 60 count packs. And unlike some products out there, Caliper is completely THC free, so you get all the goodness of CBD with no high. It's also made with all natural non-GMO ingredients, so there's no filler, added chemicals, or artificial flavor. Get 20% off your first order when you use promo code ANDERS at trycaliper.com slash ANDERS. You can try Caliper CBD risk-free for 30 days, and if you don't love it, they'll give you a full refund. That's trycaliper.com slash ANDERS, and don't forget to use promo code ANDERS for 20% off your first order. Hey, Sklar Brothers here, Randy and Jason, and we have a couple of podcasts. If you you know them or you don't know them, check them out. We do View from the Cheap Seats, which is sports and comedy, and we have a podcast called Dumb People Town where we break down stupid behavior done by stupid people in this stupid world of ours. It is hilarious. Check them both out. And now, check out this podcast. And now here is Eric Anders Lang to tell you about our second sponsor for the show today, Features, or as he likes to call them, Beaches. Discuss how a small change can make a huge difference. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> I love, fe- I have features. They're socks, folks, first of all. And it's a family business. I like to get this point to the end. Hugh Gaither and uh, his sons, uh, John and Joe, started this company in 2002 in North Kakalaka. And uh, their mission was to create products to help you achieve your personal best. So these socks hug your feet like burritos. Anyway, what do you love most about features? Uh, <clears throat> oh, I see. This is like a Q&A. I-, I like the way they feel on my feet. Very simple. They feel kind of like, <clears throat> you know, when did you ever play like um, like a, like football when you were a kid and you would get all suited up and put all the armor on and everything and put the helmet on and the mouthpiece in? That's what features are like for your feet. It's like a football outfit for your feet. Uh, okay. So anyway, go to features.com slash Eric, F-E-E-T-U-R-E-S dot com slash Eric and get 10 bucks off your first set of burritos for your fetos. Welcome to the show, Stuart. Hello, Eric. How are we doing? It's a little strange to be, you know. This, I think the world is, uh, 
pretty strange at the moment. Well, normally we just FaceTime like when I'm in bed. Is that I weird? Can... Next time we FaceTime in bed, I'm definitely wearing headphones and bringing a <laughs> microphone. <laughs> it's very, very um, ASMR. P- people, I think we got a lot. We got to cover a lot of things. We, I, we want to talk about life in the bubble. That was really fun. We just got out of that. Um, I, but, but the question I keep getting asked is, where's Stuart? Oh, really? Yeah, people say, where's well, Stuart? And I'm like saying the same thing. I'm like, what the fuck is he? <laughs> <laughs> I've been saying the, whole th- the same thing my whole life, mate. <laughs> it's like, where are you and who are you, Stuart? Yeah, where are you? Who are you? Well, the answer to the question for everyone asking, obviously, is I'm in Australia. And it's funny that you've just come out of the bubble because I feel like Australia is one giant bubble. Right. Yeah, I mean, you guys are doing great down there. Yeah, yeah, we're. Uh, I don't like to get too cocky with it, you know, but we are definitely <laughs> living. We are. I don't want to come across as smug, but we are kicking COVID's butt at the moment. When was the last touch, time you wore a mask? Um, well, the, probably like the first time, really. Oh, we had. Uh, I traveled. I just got back from Melbourne. As you know, I was over there in the sand belt and that was the first time on the plane was the first time I've worn a mask and I don't know how long. That's this, insane. The, wearing a mask is not the norm in Australia. It's very rare that you see people wearing masks. So this was news to me. We, we talked about it a little bit, but I, I'd be curious to, uh, you, you basically, you have no cases and you don't wear masks the entire country, 25, 30 million people. Yeah, 25, yeah, somewhere around there, about 25 million. And so you told me, I guess one time we were talking and you're like, there was a case in Brisbane, which is like how many hours from you? Like, it's like a six hour flight? Uh, Not quite, yeah, like two and a half hour, three hour flight. Okay, so a three hour flight, other side of the continent, and there was a case that you heard about, and what happened? Well, it's funny that you say that because the same thing just happened this week uh, in Western Australia. They haven't had a case in however long, and they had one case, um, I think, maybe a week ago, and they just shut the whole state down. The whole state goes into lockdown. Lockdown, like, not like lockdown, lockdown. Like, America lockdown is like, yeah, you could, like, get on a plane. This is not. Lockdown here is stay in your homes. You can go to the shops once during the day. Um, like one person from your household can go to the shop. And yeah, it's just they're really strict. But I think the the nice thing is that people kind of seem to adhere to the rules because they can see the benefits on the other side. So people are really respectful of that fact. And so during those times, we had basically the only cases that we get in Australia are it's mandatory quarantine for two weeks as you know if you land in the airport anywhere in australia you're taken on a bus to a hotel and you have to stay there for two weeks and you get tested every other day um and the only way that we have cases is from say a worker or a cleaner at the hotel who somehow contact uh, contract the virus you know they were getting busy to the community that happened in melbourne that was you what ruined melbourne busy. Is That's it really what ruined one, Melbourne? Was one guy security, was just like, I'm going to shoot my shot. <laughs> Dude, that is what ruined Melbourne for like six months because the security guards were just like, one, they just started having uh, a, bit of, a bit too much fun with the passengers that were bored and lonely in the hotel room. 
And then I think they were taking like bribes and just letting them nick out to the shop for a pack of smokes. <laughs> I mean, that's just human nature. You're like sex and money. Yeah, like I have it all at my disposal right here. Exactly right. Man. Exactly right. But it's but it is weird, like talking to obviously people in the US and the UK, and we are kind of living a life of relative normality. Although on that subject, can't remember if I told you this. Obviously, caught up with Lucas and Michelle, uh, Lucas Michelle in Melbourne last week. And they just had one case come from a hotel and he visited the Melbourne Golf Academy on the day that Lucas was working. So now he can't, he was due to come to Adelaide Oh, that's to play why he's Australian in lockdown amateur. again. So he can't come playing the Australian Amateur Tournament now. This is a result of, of really diligent contact tracing. Exactly right. Anytime, so, yeah. you don't need to wear a mask, but if you go to dinner, you need to fill something out. You just check in on your phone. There's like a government app and you just, it's like a QR code and you just scan it in and it checks you in so they can trace who's been in contact with anyone. Brady, Brady, Brady's our podcast producer. Is that, does that blow you away? Have you, I, I knew some of this. It, it's crazy to me. It's so People smart. People here would lose their minds. They would lose their minds. People here, I mean, we're, we've got a few things going on in the US, let's be fair. But it's, it's just such a different mentality. That's the craziest thing for me is we are so, I'm so detached from that situation of COVID. I don't really know what that is like because minus like a couple of little restrictions and whatnot, it's basically just been like real life. People are still going to work. People are going to restaurants. No one's wearing masks. So like it's weird to, Cassandra and I talk about it all the time. We have no idea of that reality. Yeah. And the effects of that, you know, because they've been so strict. And it seems strict, but at the same time, like, you're reaping the rewards from that uh, toughness, which is why everyone's kind of in it together, you know? I mean, my experience was, you know, because we, we went to um, Dubai, and we, we were invited to cover the uh, Dubai Omega Dubai Desert Classic, ODDC. It's, I guess that's the hashtag they use. I don't know. And, and life in the bubble was definitely like, I don't know. I mean, I guess the hotel in, um, in, uh, in Dubai was kind of like the country of Australia in the sense that it was fine. You, you felt really safe because you were like, nobody's got it. Everyone's been tested. We've all been really safe and you can't, you know, there, I read a story about, I guess someone had, had left the bubble and they got caught. Like apparently they have like spies around the hotel. So like, there was a beautiful Starbucks, like right on the Gulf there. And it was like 400 feet from our hotel, but we couldn't go. You can't walk there. And I remember just feeling like, I mean, come on, don't, no, no one feel bad for me. I know you don't. But, you know, I was in my hotel room and I was like, I just want to go to Starbucks so bad. And you can't see, go. See, that Starbucks is you to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like. Oh my god! I just want to go to the US and hang with these so bad, but you can't do it. We were talking about adventures in golf, uh, season six and seven, and like you know, you're there's no way you. We looked at the logistics. You cannot leave Australia unless you're there's like six requirements, and they're all like you need to basically be killing COVID personally in order to leave the country. Which I could do. I do have a particular set of COVID killing skills. Tell me yeah. a bit about the, uh, so in the hotel you were in in Dubai, was it obviously all the media, but what? All no, the there, players, were two, the there were two hotels. Well? 
There were two hotels, hotels, and I didn't realize that we were in the good one. Right. Apparently, the other one was called the Dumpster Hotel, and we were in the. It was like it was just like media and like you know logistics and otherwise. I didn't realize we were in the nicer hotel until um, I walked in, and the first the first second I was there, I walked in to check in, and um, Colin Morikawa was checking into his hotel room, and it was really funny because uh, the front desk guy. You know, people in the Middle East are very helpful from a service perspective. They're, they are they are very helpful, and 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 the guy was like explaining to Colin Morikawa, PGA champ, that uh, that there was f- breakfast, free breakfast from five a.m. to eleven a.m. and and Colin was just like, "Oh, really?" Like he was just so stoked about the free breakfast. And I remember being like, I can't, "That's so interesting." Like he's stoked about the breakfast, just just filling his. Um... PGA champ trophy with unlimited frosties. Yeah, he was it was like just using it as a giant cereal bowl for all the free breakfast buffet. He uh he didn't bring the the trophy. I mean he should have. I mean there's a lot of speculation as to how they get these trophies home. I guess they mail them or something. They they gotta like ship it. That's an expensive shipping cost. Think about it. If you had to leave the course with the trophy and then like bring it home, I mean, how do you even do that? So you were obviously getting up for the free breakfast. We I was getting up. I just had breakfast. jet lag. Oh, we got who were you? And who is? Uh, who are you seeing in the breakfast room? Every dude, everybody. Like so, the craziest thing is, so you you get up right quite early because we're jet lag. So I got up at like four in the morning, and that's when I was like, man, Starbucks isn't even open. But if it was, I would really want to go. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and you you mosey down to breakfast, and it's just like all European tour players. Like it's just like. Poulter, Stenson, McDowell. Um, I saw Colin like every day and, uh, it, you know, and then R- Robert Rock, handsome guy. Oh, dude, what a legend Robert Rock is. Yeah, I was like, I was like more nervous around him than anyone else. I don't know why. He's kind of got like a James Bond thing going. 100%. He'd be a great Bond. He really would, right? And like, you know, you know, he would just like, they would put a golf scene in. 007 iron. Yeah. <laughs> Robert Rock seems like he's just like it's. It seems like you could trust him with your children, your grandparents, everything. Like, like he just seems like he's got you. Hundred percent. You could keep him is. entertained for hours just by washing his hair. I mean, his hair is incredible, you know. And and we talked. Remember, or were you there when we were at Wentworth? No, you weren't there. No, no, no. Um, we remember we asked him. I was. He took a pay cut to not wear a hat. Yeah. Be- because yeah. his hair is so valuable. <laughs> I feel like Robert Rock, he won in Dubai, maybe. Oh. He, beat, he beat Tiger. It was one of the big events. I can't remember what it was now. It was, it was a long time ago. I don't know. He, I don't remember he, seeing his face up there, but maybe he did. He, um, if it wasn't Dubai, it was like an HSBC event or something. Mm. One of the big ones in either Middle East or China. And he, and he took Tiger down on Sunday, I believe. Him and Damn. Tiger were in the final group. I mean, if you were to compare Tiger and Robert Rock just solely based on hair, like Rock's the goat. He's the, exactly. He's the guy that he's surpassed Jack for the eighteen majors with that hair. He <laughs> he may have the best hair of any golfer ever. I mean, Jimenez has got great hair. Tommy runs him close. Tommy Hoffman' biggest career move really was the hair when he when he when he went. When he went away from the mullet, it was just kind of like, oh, who I don't even know you. Yeah, Charlie saved the mullet, didn't he? 
So tell us about the week anyway, though. So you're, you're in the hotel. What's like your what's your daily commute to the course and whatnot? Oh, yeah. So so you eat breakfast and because it's free, you just eat as much as you can. And you know me like we just we just order waffles, omelet, everything like <laughs> uh, um, cereal, two orange juices, three coffees. I mean, I'm just like by the time I'm done eating, I'm like, I need a nap. And it's like not even sunrise. Um, and then basically the only way to get to the course is through the courtesy car. So it's like this crazy, luxurious uh, Beamer. And it just you just get in the back like you're this like the king, like you're Robert Rock. And, and they drive you to the course, it's like a 10 minute drive. And then you're just on the course and life is totally normal. Um, it, it's not like the interesting thing was when you would go to breakfast, since it was me, uh, and our, and our two camera guys, we, we basically were three of us and you're not allowed to convene in groups of more than two. So oh, no way. So we had to like, one of us had to sit at another table and just like have a conversation <laughs> from like eight feet away. It was kind of funny. Who'd you kick out? Well, <laughs> it kind of depended. I think if we were talking about camera stuff, Kefir sat alone. If we were talking about production stuff, Simon sat alone. And I guess there was one day where I sat alone and I definitely was like, how did and this they happen? Just, they just talked about you. <laughs> they were like, this guy, <laughs> this guy. Um, yeah. And then, so that was interesting because the two person rule. And then, um, but we ended up just basically hanging at the golf course as the days went on because there was food there and it was a little bit easier to hang out. And also we were with Peter Finch and Iona, man, Finch is oh, such, we, we got to really hang with Finch a little more and like, man, like I, that guy, I, he is so funny. <laughs> Big Texas Pete. Yeah. His sense of humor is so dry and it was just like, it was great. We got to hang out. We did a pod with Brandon Stone. That was kind of my favorite part is we did these like evening podcasts in the room where everyone was relaxed and you're just hanging out on the couch. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was cool. What was it like being at a golf tournament, like with zero fans? I mean, it was partly good because, you know, we've gone to a lot of tournaments, tournaments and what's the hardest part? It's just like the logistics of it all. Yeah. And you got to park miles away. And then it's like the volunteers are like, you don't look like you belong here. I'm going to report you or whatever it yeah. is. And then, and then also there's just a lot more media and fans and the players are a little less easy to access. So from that perspective, it was great. Like actually being on course was kind of the, the, the awesomest part of it all because it was just, it, it was like you were just on a private golf course and you know, not that I'm like need to be on a private golf course, but it was like, it was more like you were at a, at, at an event that, you know what it was like? We've gone, have you, have we done a couple LPGA events together? Yeah. It's, it's easier to do. Yeah, of course. But did you notice any difference in the players attitudes or was it the same in that Monday to Wednesday? It's kind of chill. Thursday is like game time. But on the course, did you see that they were a little more relaxed because they didn't have as much stress with the fans and whatnot? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Because they're just with their friends. That's what it felt like is they're just sort of hanging out with their friends and there's just a very small group of people who were hanging out. So it was really like, honestly... I know that they miss the fans during the tournament days and, and like the, the energy, obviously. Um, but logistically, I don't know. I mean, it, it seemed like it was a lot easier for them. I know that I know the European tour from what I heard is very different from the PGA tour as far as COVID uh, restrictions, because they're going internationally like every week almost. Yeah. So 
it's just, it, they're just dealing with a lot of different governmental restrictions and stuff. So I know that that's hard for them, but, um, but I think, I think it's, it's kind of nice. The one thing I thought about was normally the players, you know, based on their travel experience and their, um, you know, pocketbooks are able, they stay in different places. So it was interesting to see them all in the same place. Like Sergio and I, Sergio Garcia and I almost like got on the same elevator and then it was like full, <laughs> like one of the problems was cause there's only four people per elevator. And so we were like in a middle floor. So regularly an elevator would open up with four people going down and you wouldn't be able to get on. And it would just ah, kind of happen like five times right. in a row because the elevator doesn't know that the four people are on it. Yeah. The elevator doesn't know about COVID. Idea. It doesn't even care. So you watch I mean, the, the, the elevator is like the worst place to be in COVID. You're like, oh, let's get in the box and uh, hold your breath. Uh, and touch all these buttons that everyone else has touched before me. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Well, luckily, I mean, even the hotel staff is in the bubble. Like everyone's in the bubble, the drivers, everybody is in the bubble. So anyway, yeah, it was funny. Cause when I saw Sergio, I was like, Hey, so, uh, I don't know if you remember, but my dog almost bit you a few years ago. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I live in Austin now and he was like, Oh really? Didn't he did not care. And I was like, you know, I saw you play tennis with Dylan Fratelli. I'd love to, I'd love to, uh, film, film you and Dylan playing tennis. And he goes, I don't know if Dylan would like that. <laughs> and I was like, damn, competitive. So funny. I bet Sergio plays great tennis. Yeah, I think he does. Yeah. And he's just, I mean, but he brings a lot of rackets, I'm sure. Oh, 100 <laughs> You know he breaks a racket. Because there's no rules. He can break a racket. What is, what's Spanish for you cannot be serious? Uh, Dios mio, like la verdad. <laughs> that's what they say. Verdad? That's it. He'd be shouting at the umpire. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, I don't know. It was fun. It was fun. I'm I'm more excited. Is there, do you have any other questions about the bubble? I feel like I'm being interviewed. Yeah, so I just wanted it to be more a conversation and interview. I don't have too many questions about it. It's just an interesting concept, isn't it? Yeah. Like the fact that sport is effectively still just all going ahead, and it's interesting to see how they are combating all this. Well, and yeah, and like going. I, I I thought at one point, like I was like, is this like what what wh what is why are we doing all this like? For other sports, they're able to just stay in one location, but to be like traveling along and then, you know, like people get COVID, like we were in the media center and, um, you know, the media center is this like kind of semi-permanent tent where, you know, basically everybody hangs out and most people are wearing masks inside the media center. Um, and basically one of the, one of the guys got COVID tested positive. I guess he felt the symptom and then took a test and then kicked out oh, of the bubble. No. Yeah. And you're like, what? Like, what does that mean? Yeah. Cause, and honestly we were working near each other and we didn't get it because we took a test in order to leave the country because the, the new rules in the U S so you have to take a test to come back negative. So we didn't get it. But I remember being like, oh man, what are the chances? Like out of all of these, out of all of this situation over the year, it's like, it comes inside the bubble. Yeah. It's crazy. But they have that, the Australian open tennis is going ahead. And it's been a big thing here because they're obviously having the Australian Open, but you can have fans, right? Yeah. So we had uh, Novak and Rafa. Wait, Australia, Serena. you have fans at every, you have football games with, with, with thousands of people watching. Full crowd. Well, I think it was 75% capacity originally, but now and I think it's like full crowds. 
Is anyone in the crowd wearing a mask? Uh, the last sporting event I went to, you had to wear a mask to get to your seat. And then when you're in your seat, you can take your mask off. Because they know they assign every single seat to a person, so they know who's in your proximity, but they don't know who you're with as you're walking around. Whoa. If that makes sense. They've got you but, traced down to that detail. Yeah. It's basically like uh, Russia. <laughs> They're watching. But, I want, I mean, dude, Russia's crazy right now. How about but, that? Um, but the tennis like, is a prime example. Like We've had Novak and Rafa and all that out here, but they had to do the two-week quarantine. So all the tennis, so all the athletes are like, they were kicking up a fuss about it, crying about it. It was in the news every day. But then they get out the other end and they play the tournament here in Adelaide with like Serena, Novak, Rafa, all the big names. And it's they're playing in front of a full house. And they haven't played Whoa. in front of a crowd in eight months, 10 months. And they were like, oh, we get it now. Like, this is cool. It's a small price to pay. So now they're going to go ahead to their stream open and it's going to be packed crowds at every tennis match. And they're like, oh, this is amazing. That's crazy. You know? So it's like if you had a golf event out here, like you would have full, it'd be a full regular event. Because um, you, uh, well, sorry, a little hot there. Um, so wait, were they able to practice while they were in quarantine? They, they must have been able to like hit balls. That was the That was the biggest thing. They were all crying about they couldn't really saying it wasn't fair and amazing yeah because then they, they get out on the course and they're just like uh yeah like missing everything they're just their their skill level went down but it's like guess what you're all in the same boat so no it's not like people are getting the upper hand on right. anyone else you know all the australians have the upper hand get lane hewitt back there Ooh. <laughs> maybe maybe it's a nationalistic uh goal they're like yeah you're gonna have to quarantine for well you 30 days uh no tennis sorry yeah and the like, tournament's the next day. They're just like, Pat Rafter, any second thoughts on retirement? <laughs> Dust off the shoes, Pat. <laughs> um, yeah, so. So what was tales about your birthday? Mr. I mean, Foro. Jeez, dude. This is, this is the first podcast as a 40-year-old. This is a big deal. That is. You're almost getting too old for podcasts. I'm surprised you knew how to work that microphone. <laughs> I mean, I think one of the, one of the, uh, it's actually really interesting and it's, it's, it's probably a pretty deep discussion. Are you ready? Go. I'm all ears. So we, we, we talked, um, so my birthday was yesterday. This is Thursday. This podcast is going to come out on next week, but, um, we, uh, we talked Tuesday night for like an hour, hour and a half. And, uh, I didn't think anything. We were just talking about, you know, whatever. I don't, even, I don't even know what we talk about when we talk, but we were just talking. And uh, and then I woke up the next morning, Wednesday, February 3rd, and I had this email. And um, you 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 would send me an email, and it said, happy birthday, and then there was a link. And I was like, what, what is this? Like, is, I thought it was, you know, honestly, my first thought was like, oh, it's like an e-card. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? Like a, like like some dancing monkeys and then like a little guy that's got my face on it, you know, like the jib jab thing, remember? To be remember fair, those? it was it pretty much was thirty minutes of dancing monkeys. <laughs> and I was the master. So you 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 made you you must have I don't know how you got everybody involved in this, but it was probably like 
maybe it was like 30 people or more, maybe. Uh, and it was all just like my, my, my cousins, my aunts and uncles, my parents, my siblings, all of our friends, uh, the people that we work with, we travel with. Um, and it was, you cut it to all of this music that like from our history, like I saw you got the, <laughs> the Frank ocean in there and the iration and the, um, the, uh, old crow medicine show. And it was just like, literally I got, 35 seconds in and also I'm a little jet lag. So I woke up at like five, I downloaded this thing at five 30. I'm sitting out on my patio and I'm just like, it's dark out. <laughs> and my, and my, uh, and my aunt is like, you know, even as a young boy, you were an adventurer. <laughs> and that I just was burst. The, the best opening ever was that. <laughs> that's, was so great. That's, that's Gretchen, right? Yeah. Gretchen. Yeah. And when she's like, I love your podcast. I listen to it often. <laughs> Dude, I burst into tears. I burst into uh, tears and I just like, because so also funny. I had had a call the day before with, um, with uh, Nora, my like therapist. And uh, we were talking about um, this, this kind of idea of identity. And, I was reflecting on my experience with Craig. You didn't ever meet Craig, but you know, my, my sponsor, my AA sponsor. I tried well, to get Craig, but I wasn't sure how to go about it. You know? Oh, if you got Craig, I would have fucking just <laughs> ran through a window. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you would have Craig. I was saying to Cassandra, how do we get in touch with Craig? Yeah. How could you? I mean, you, you would know? need to, yeah. You know what you would have, you, what the way you could have done it is you could have like, while someone was here, you could have asked them to like, ask for my phone oh, that and just been... stolen numbers. That would have been, that would have been almost scary. Good. Like I'd be like, yo, chill. Like what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering how you got everybody. Um, and, uh, and so, and so, um, anyway, we were talking about this. And so Craig would always ask me this question. And I feel like this is just a discussion that you and I would have naturally one late night on the road, but it's like, he would, you know, I'd be, I'd be, you know, talking about something or, you know, you know, like having a problem or, you know, trying to figure something out. And he'd be like, you know, you don't realize the most important question that you need to ask yourself, who am I? Who is Eric? And I was most of the time like, bro, I'm just a dude hanging out at some other guy's house in Malibu and like everything's good. Or like, you know, or I'm just like, you know, and, and for some reason, I don't know, you know, birthdays are a point of reflection right yeah of course so for some reason this thing started coming up and it was like who am i like what what am i am i am i random golf club am i a, what am, like am i an instagram account am i a youtube video like do what am i snowball's dad i don't know there's so many things and um so to watch this video where you basically asked everybody like what were the questions you asked everybody oh yeah it was, um yeah, there's a few kind of different things. It was like favorite memories with you and one word to describe you, which is quite impossible <laughs> to describe you in one word. Well, it's, just, um, it's possible to describe anybody in one word. Yeah, it was just, and then it was just uh, what people love about you. So I guess that, especially you saying like birthdays are a moment of reflection, but so much emphasis put on your 40th birthday. It's because the biggest it's birthday. Largely viewed as the the mid, that you're halfway there, right? It's half time. There's got to be some like spiritual significance. 
the thing, the thing, anyway, so I wake up and we're talking about this concept. Who are you? Who are you? <laughs> and, and it's this 30 minute film that you made. And I'm just like, I don't know, man. It was, it was, it was like quite literally the best gift I've ever gotten. Like quite oh, literally. And it was not even like, it was just perfect. And it was what I needed too, because I, I know we're all out there, you know, right now, this is a tough year and we haven't seen people. I haven't seen my parents in a year. Um, and they're only like a 10 hour drive away, but yeah. they're almost 80. And like, I'm not going to, you know, we've talked about it and they were like, you can come out and sit on the patio. And I was like, whew. Okay. <laughs> that Blow sounds back. like a riot. You're really selling it up to me, mom and dad. But maybe I'll. Pass. They did get their first dose of the vaccine. They did. Yeah, I got it. I think I got to check in with them and see if they got the second dose, and then I'll just roll up. Yeah. So, so that I think that's the biggest thing with that is it would be a lot of faces that you haven't seen for a while, with everything that's been going on, just popping up. You know. Yeah, on my like tired ass in the morning, just still reeling from I don't know, and then, and then. So what was really interesting actually is then, um, then uh, so I went through it all, and then just like I don't know, it it might not even be good podcast content, but it was a weird feeling because it, it, you've been there for the whole thing, man. Like we met on episode one, season one of AIG. That's when you and I met. So you've seen and you've been responsible and you've been on the road of this whole thing. And like, I, I don't know, man. It's just, it's kind of messing with like, who who am I? Because it's like the, 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 the end of the day yesterday, end of the birthday realization was, I really realized that, well, 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 yeah, if you keep asking who are, who am I, who am I, who am I? And then, dude, you need to see this movie. Have you have you heard of In and of Itself? No, dude, you would love it. It's so good. So it's a it's this guy uh, Derek Delgadio, and it's it's like a film. It's a filmed version of a theater performance that he gave for like two years in New York. And basically, it's all about who am I? Right. And Bo recommended it to me the day before, and I didn't. I wasn't even aware. He just said he, he put it on his Instagram and said, "Everybody go watch this movie." And I didn't. I screenshotted it and I was like, "I'll watch it." Didn't realize that it's literally the subject matter. Yeah, you have to see it. Okay, in and of itself. In and of itself, it's on Hulu. I don't know what All you right. get. What do you call Hulu in Australia? Do you have a different name for it? Hulu. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we basically whatever's on Hulu, we'll get over here on Stan or Amazon Prime or whatever. Stan, yeah. Have you heard of Stan Brady? Oh, you don't have Stan? No. What is? I don't even know what it they is. They just What's went. The... They just went. Bloody Hulu! No <laughs> one's going to understand that. Call it fucking Stan. <laughs> <laughs> and and he's like nodding to his coworker. <laughs> yeah. Just call it bloody Stan. <laughs> <laughs> the funniest thing is Stan is such a funny name for a person as well. Yeah. Well, that might be the means... only streaming service that's named after a person. Whoa. So Stan, Aaron... so Stan, what do you want to call this thing? Well, it was my idea. So I'm just going to call it Stan. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I came up with it. 
it, it also is, you know, you know, Stan is like a stalker. So you so don't know I, that from Eminem? No. Oh Stan, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wrote you yeah, that and you ain't yeah. calling. Yeah. yeah, and so when you stand somebody, it's like you just freak out. You just like fan out on them. I used to be called Hulu, but that name was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, it's like it's it's this it's this incredible like magic show meets like philosophical question and storytelling about who we are and what defines us and how we see life and basically it's incredible. Like it's, it's unbelievable what transpires throughout the course of the 90 minute film. And I basically, Bo and I watched it last night and honestly we sat down afterwards and having woke up with that film you made with the question in my head that, that Craig had been planting for years. And you know, especially you and I, like, like a lot of the ways, you know, I feel like the way you and I like, have been connecting over this year. A lot of it has been like, since we can't create new memories, we've found ourselves just like our phones remind us of Nepal, Thailand, yeah, you know, Japan, true. New Zealand, Scotland, England, France. I mean, it just doesn't stop, right? Iceland. And, and, and it's almost like, you know what I mean? This year is the first year in whatever six or so years that we haven't been able to create new memories that's so true so the occasional text that you'll get from me and i'll get from you will just be a random photo that pops up you know but it's it's also not a bad thing because it gives you time to reflect on that to really reflect and go well we did that it's it's not bad at all i it's actually it's it's created like a a more of a profound realization over who we are for me at least because because in looking at all that and then in watching that film and then in hearing essentially this, this film that you made, which was essentially reflections and memories, right? Because it was like my parents being like, you know, we, we used to have to go to school and your teachers would say, you know, get your son in line or like, yeah. you know, w w the things that have happened and the memories you asked everyone, what's your favorite memory of being together? And, uh, and then and then basically at the end of the day, like, it was like I was sitting outside and I was like, you know, it seems like who we are is essentially just like this beverage that is that contains a, 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 a portion of whoever we've been around because there's no version of life where you haven't connected with anybody. There's you know what I mean? And it's like and it's like, how have you touched somebody? Right. And like, what what have you because the, the way I thought about it initially with Nora when we were talking was like, I, the way I think about who I am a lot of times is like when I die. Have you ever thought about what happens when you die? Like, like the, the flash the they say when your life flashes before your eyes. Yeah. All the time. What do you, what do you think about it? When I, when I die, what happens? Yeah. Oh, I, I just wake up in a I just wake up in another universe. This is, so tell me about that. I'm actually curious. I, this so is what I, I was thinking, but I'm <laughs> This is going deep. Welcome to the Eric Anders Lang Golf Podcast, which we will discuss. We will discuss. We got the golf life, out of the way. Life and death. Um, so I think that this, like what we're in, call me crazy, is all um, kind of like a simulation. Because how many dreams do you have a night, right? You literally have millions and millions and millions of dreams. And in that moment that you go, I had the craziest dream last night. 
and you go through like a period of time in that dream you live for so long in that dream that dream's actually only those dreams only last like a millisecond so i literally think i'll wake up from this with vague memories because how many memories do you have from your life they're selective right not that many so i think i'll literally die wake up and go i had the craziest dream last night and um we were like i was worked on a golf show and we just like traveled the world and we done this and done that and done this and then it's just a continuum that's basically why? what i think why does that make me want to cry i don't know that's why i'm not really scared of death i suppose <laughs> i am and i'm not i don't want to die but you know that way like i think it's um that's what that's what i believe that's what i think anyway i don't know what's led me to that conclusion maybe it's just because i'm ever the optimist but i think that this which is why i try not to take all of this too seriously because it doesn't really matter really we're a yeah. blip we're a little blip you know so that's so with it in and of itself when you watch it do you find yourself going deeper into the question after you, like, you come at what, so what do you get coming out the other end of watching that movie I think the theme of the film is is centered around this profound desire to define ourselves, good or bad, um, and to be seen for that. Like, like, but it's also not one thing. It's interesting. It's actually I don't know. It's it's. Have you have you seen um, pretend it's a city? No, the I've never events. heard of it. No. Oh, the one you told me to watch about New York where she kind of yeah. complains the whole time. Yeah. So she does complain, but then it's also kind of really endearing. And that, I think, if you look at Fran Leibovitz, she is someone who doesn't ask the question, who am I? She fucking knows who she is and she does it, and she's unapologetic for who she is. And that is something that's so rare. And that being truly, truly able to say, I don't care what you think of me. This is who I am. If you don't like it, whatever. And I think you, to see who you truly are, you just need to look at the friend, the friendship circle that you have around you because you can literally, I'm sure, pick a handful of four or five friends and you know that you can truly be yourself within that friendship circle with no judgment and no that's when you can let all your guards down and you are in that moment. That's who you are. That's who you are. Because you know yourself when you're with someone that you love and you know there's no judgment. That's when I think you know who you are. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I think maybe what's interesting about that for all of us in this time is that those, for, for at least for us, right, like we don't have that right now. Mm -hmm. Also a big part, I think, of for me, I think probably for you too, is that we figure out who we are by like cutting through the world like a boat. You know what I mean? Like you just like slide through it and that is just like continually, it keeps you so present that you almost don't ask who you are because you're just being it. Yeah. 
it's like it's like and and really i mean yeah i don't know i don't i don't have the ability to really answer any of it but it that that the feeling at the end of the day yesterday was like maybe all we are is just who we've met mistakes you know hurting people's feelings helping people um doing good things learning learning about ourselves having ridiculous adventures um working you know um i don't know it seemed like maybe that's all it is how was um how was the golf yesterday you went and played golf as you would do for your birthday we <laughs> we play golf um dude the golf in austin's pretty good yeah the golf in austin is pretty good um we uh apparently the guy the i guess the per so there's this place called barton creek it's like a hotel and they yeah. have four courses they've got a, a Foz, two fazio courses a core crenshaw what's the fourth one anyway whatever it's there's just four great golf courses it's private but if you're staying at the hotel you can play all the courses um and uh, anyway, they're a fan of RGC, so they were nice enough to let us come out and not have to stay at the hotel or anything. So me, Evan, and Tony and Bo went out and played, and um, it was really beautiful, man. You know, we went out and we read. Um, have I ever? Did you ever read Cosmic Laws of Golf? No. Oh, dude, dude, I have a copy for you. It's so good. It's this like metaphysical, like golf instructional manual. Is it like about? laws of attraction on the golf course 100 percent. and actually that we we need to get here at some point because th this you're a master of uh but anyway we read this and it's like it basically it basically goes through the emotional experience of playing golf and how you can like conquer the game and your life so yeah it's definitely laws of attraction so we read all that on the first hole and yeah, I mean, we just had a great day like it was just a nice smooth round um it's a it's a resort course. It's it's not a resort course in that sense, but it's it's kind of a tight course. It's like winds through these canyons. It's stunning. Yeah. It's a little tight, so uh, you know if you're if you're offline, you you have to reload. So we brought enough balls for all four <laughs> of us to to yuck about. Um, but yeah, it was really great. And then uh, yeah, and and it was just like a you know it was just one of those rounds where you're like you know it was just really relaxing. We don't really play a lot of golf in the middle of the week, so that was kind of nice. Yeah. 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 You know, it's funny because I, I feel like you and I have talked about like what makes a good golf round. Yeah, exactly. Which is the reason why I hate the top 100 lists. Why? Because you're, if you're worried about, I, I think if you're concentrating on the kind of top 100 and no offense to anyone who loves the top 100 list, but I think if you're concentrating on that, you're kind of forgetting what golf's about. You, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, we talk about this all the time, and people are fit, sick to death of me banging on about it. But Scotland, the place that sticks out in my mind is always broader. We always go back to that, but it sticks out more to me than say a Royal Dornock, which is in the top ten in the world, or to a um, Kings Barnes or. Um, which is nothing. Those places are incredible, but my experience of Brora made the course so much better for me. And that could just be naivety on my behalf because I'm not hugely into architecture. 
and maybe I don't appreciate kind of subtleties um, behind the golf course. But yeah, for pers- for me personally, it's more about the company you keep and the general vibe of a place as well that is really special to me. But even Roar from an architectural perspective, I mean, that, that place gets cred, right? Like yeah, it does. James Braid, the, I remember all the par threes have a different direction. So you get four different winds. They all meet in the middle, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, they're all literally 90 degrees apart. So you you get one wind off the left, one on, one down, one one off the right. I mean, that place is incredible. It's amazing. It feels, it's funny, Brora to me felt like it hadn't even been designed. Whoa. It felt like it was just, you just followed the land. And that's that's the best kind of uh, compliment I can give it. Yeah. That it just feels so natural to just walk the way you're walking and just hit your ball that way, hit your ball that way. And it, but, it's, but it just all flows so beautifully. You yeah. Know? Yeah, there was something special about that day. Also, I think for us, we value like in our travels, right? Like where, where, what what are some of our best memories on the road outside of the golf? Oh, so it's always the, it's always the people and the, the towns that you visit for me. And the like, the like non-intentional turns. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And Brora kind of fits into that, right? Because it's like, you know. For me, it was Western Gales, but and and for the same reason, yeah. right? Because because it yeah. was just like I expected zero. I honestly didn't expect anything. Yeah, we didn't even go to Western Gales with enough time to play a full round, and we did. Or I think we lopped <laughs> off a couple holes. I think we I think we turned around. I don't know. We we played like fifteen. It makes me sad when you strike up a conversation about golf with someone. They're like, "Oh yeah, we went up to Royal Dornock. And my next my follow up question is always, "Did you go to Brora?" <laughs> and, when like, yes. and when they're like no we never got there i'm like you missed a trick buddy you're like i gotta go you know but that can't be your favorite that that that, that sits up there for you as a great round of golf but that's not that's not your favorite round no 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 i mean everyone knows what their favorite <laughs> round is <laughs> i mean say we're on the podcast we talk about it do we really <laughs> Do we talk about it too much? I don't know. People are probably sick to death with it. I, I'm not because I was just cracking up because because <laughs> Bra- Brady was saying that that was his first video he ever saw of of the RGC. What did you? So what is your story, Brady? Yeah, some friends um, sent me a link to that video and saying if you want to want a good cry, watch this. And I thought there's no way I'm going to cry watching a golf video, and then <laughs> I'm pretty sure I cried twice then- at least. And then he saw my golf swing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> did you hit the fairway on one? or what? You did, right? We all did. You, all four you made, of us did. Didn't you have like a short birdie putt on one? No, I got... Uh, I actually spun back into the burn. Oh, too And then good. I, had a, I had a tidy little up and down for a five. So, so Brady, your friend... By the way, it, so you have, this friend plays golf or something? Or, or who texted it to you? Yeah, the guy that introduced me to golf, actually. Uh, text me a link to the video. Whoa! Yeah, and he's like so now I have, this. Yeah, so How I got long him have you to been think. Playing? At the time, probably only about a year, and I'm still relatively new to golf. So that was also kind of my introduction to Scottish golf. Oh, you had never seen like a links course, like a link, you didn't. It wasn't. No, I like heard the term links golf, but I didn't know really what it applied to. And so seeing the old course was pretty cool. You don't Whoa. know what links golf is until you experience links golf. 
dude. Yeah, that, that's the ground, heard. the ground on which you play Lynx golf is like a table. It's fast. It's so good. I love just a chippy, the chips, the chips on Lynx. Ugh. you need to be so creative playing Lynx golf, and there's never you never aim at the flag, right? Never. Pretty much when you have an approach from even like 100, 120 in, there are five different shots you could hit. Yeah. And if you you're know? better, even more, yeah. Yeah. So, so Brady, you so you get the link, and you're like, I'm not going to cry watching a golf video. You watch it. <laughs> so what happens? I mean, I'm definitely just seeing your reaction to seeing your dad there was priceless. That was awesome. And then be able to play with your dad. And my dad just picked up golf recently so that he could play with me. He never played golf before. Now he owns a set of clubs and goes like every week. <laughs> That's awesome. Funny, my brother, I, haven't, I saw him for Thanksgiving, but I hadn't seen him you know, since last uh, December. And he came out to Austin for Thanksgiving because his uh, wife's uh, sister lives out here. And, um, um, and he just texted me today and said, let's go play some golf. So we're going to maybe meet at Streamsong and go play. Oh, amazing. Yeah, that would be nice, like in a couple of weeks or something, you know, because we haven't really spent a lot of time together. So, and he's it's the one funny. that got me into golf. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, <laughs> his question for the fallback career, everyone was like, "Oh, he'd be a poet," and Chris was like, "He'd be an actuary, accountant for a law firm." <laughs> I know. I saw. I was like, he's, he's killing so. Me. You like it's so funny seeing Chris. You and him are like <laughs> polar opposites, man. You really <laughs> Which are. Which is not a bad thing. Like my brother and I are pretty different. You and Chris are like, yeah. C- you know? Couldn't. Wait, yeah. but then it's like Brady talking about his dad kind of taking up the game of golf. It's funny. You and Chris are so far apart in terms of um, similarities, but then you can know you're like, okay, we're going to play going to go a stream song and play some golf together. Yeah, no worries. we got the same mission. Yeah, exactly. We both want to turn three into two. <laughs> that's that's enough. Exactly. Wow. It always cracks me up as well because Chris has obviously been a big golf guy for a long time. And then he must just um, look at the places you've gone and just think, you, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what's this? All right, I got it. I'll be back in 10 years. <laughs> oh, man. You're like, Cyrus Point tomorrow. I can't. Sorry, man. I <laughs> promised I'd have breakfast with Snowball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but enjoy it. That 16th hole is a doozy. <laughs> yeah. No, that's funny. It's interesting to get, to go back to, like, so 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 the idea that it's, all a simulation. Did that exist for you when we played um, kidnappers and you and you had the the ace? Oh, I don't know. That's oh yeah, would, the... yeah, 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 yeah. That was only like that was two years ago. Two years ago, one, yeah. I think yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. I thought that for a long thing. Wait, now, do you know what the two year anniversary? I think it's because I'm not I'm not very religious as well. You know, that plays a big part in it. Wait, I don't what's know our, what the anniversary? What's the two year anniversary? It's probably in our calendars. I don't know, but I was when we were cleaning out. Uh, I was cleaning out my old drawers, and I found my ball. I bet I could find it. Wait, does it, it doesn't have the date on it? Nah. Let me see. I could. You want me to look for a photo? 
can you imagine if I done like memories and it was today? It probably <laughs> it probably is, dude, because I know we left right after the PGA show. Yeah, it was like early Feb, right? I thought so. Oh no, because that year, no, it couldn't have been because. Oh no, no, no! It was. It may have been into March. Yeah, we're wrong. But I mean, this time a couple of years ago, you were playing golf with Cameron Smith at Riviera. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, you're right. We should celebrate. We should celebrate the day. To make a holiday. It should be a national holiday. I don't know. It was around this time anyway, a couple of years back. Coincidentally, the second video that I saw of yours. Is it really? <laughs> yeah. Suggested. That's the only two videos. That's the only two videos. Whenever I get a message on Instagram, it's always like, dude, I love the Ace Cam video. The only one that's better is the old course video. <laughs> they're the they're the only two videos people reference you know D- tell us about the um the film did you send it yet the film of the uh the guy at royal adelaide or at um grange oh grange nah i haven't sent it yet i'll send it through to you send yeah it. it just has it's like a it's not a love letter to golf but he's a 95 year old um ex-war veteran he was a he was a machine gunner in world war ii took up golf when he got out of there out of the Second World War. Was a member at the golf club I'm a member at here, 50 years. And then he just decided, you know what? I think I've played enough golf. I'm just going to retire. Rides his bike to the golf course twice a week. He used to ride with his clubs on the back, but it got too much for him. So, um, yeah, rides his bike there twice a week. And then he's just decided, I think I'm going to retire from the game of golf. I just thought that's such an interesting concept. Like, do you think, so a polar opposite, not polar opposite, but another view to that is I just sat down with a elderly golf pro in Melbourne who told me he would be happy if he died on the golf course. So Kevin's like, I'm done. Like, I'm, I just, I think I'm ready to give the game away. Whereas Brian, the guy that I spoke to, he was like, I think I'll just, yeah, I'll just, I'll just play till I die. Right. What do you think you're going to be, the latter? Man, I mean, that's a really good question. Isn't it? Like, where's the, where do you sit at that? Do you think there'll be a point where you're like, I think I'm done with the game of golf. I'm going to hang the clubs up. Or do you think you'll still be out there grinding and just be like, oh, just like, strike me down? It's an interesting question, right? I mean, I've I've struggled a little bit with like we've seen so much in the world of golf and and you know, we've it's like almost like there's really only one thing I want to do in golf right now, which is like play the old course in reverse. That's like you, you know what I mean and it's kind of like yeah. it, it's it's um Someone described it to me from their point of view. It was um, Mike Kaiser, the owner of Bandon Dunes, his son. He described it to me as he's spoiled. And I guess that happened here, right? Like, not intentionally. Like, in, in you know, I mean, in the beginning, it was just like we, we, it was just like Roosevelt, Roosevelt, Roosevelt. And then, you know, nine hole public course. And then we, I would sneak on in the middle of the night and like bring a glow ball and like, I'd be terrified that I was going to get in trouble or something. And I don't know, like it's, it's kind of like the game of golf for me now is not about me. 
like I think I'll always be around golf and I think I'll always be interested in golf. And I think it's, it's almost like, who am I to me going to play golf almost feels selfish. It almost feels like, you know, we've talked about this too. Like, cause when we, 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 we would go have an interesting experience, like that experience of playing with your father at the old course, for example, like, you know, we, we were there and, and we were, we were humanly there, but we were also filming and filming something is both a way to exist deeper into it, but it also takes you out of it a little bit. Cause you're like, hundred percent yeah. fucking with the camera and you're like, Oh, but I want to ask you a question. And like, it's, it's an art form in and of itself, but it, it almost takes you away from the other art form, which is just the land and the sky. So if I did sort of quote, give up golf, it would only be to focus more on something that I find more meaningful because ultimately I, you and me are the same, like we're interested in things that are meaningful and meaningful conversations and, and going to a place for a reason. And so I don't know. I feel like it, it would only be superseded by something that had more meaning, which might be, you know, the way I see myself is that I would be, we would, we would build some type of golf place and I would be there, but I wouldn't be like, I'm going to go play. Like, it would be more like what you got kiddo. Yeah. 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 How old are you? Yeah. Well, you know, and he'd be like, what was it like when Stewart got the hole in one? (laughs) I'd be like, yeah, you know, we'll FaceTime him. (laughs) By then they'll have like AR. You're like, why did you like, why don't you ask him? And I'll just be like stuffed in the corner. <laughs> oh my god. Taxidermist of me I mean, it's a, holding it's the ball. I love it. Just the way you like right by the flag there. I don't know. I mean it's a tough question. Like what do you think? I mean I, uh, I think I'll just keep playing till I die. <laughs> just gonna just gonna dig your own grave in a in a uh, bunker. Wouldn't be the first time. With a sandwich, yeah. <laughs> isn't there a isn't there a bunker in the old course? There's one called there's one called hell. Is there Hell's one bunker? Is there one just called like my old grave? There has to be a bunker called the grave. Iona knows all the names. She knows all oh, the names oh, of the bunkers. Uh, Royal Trin at the postage stamp. That's the coffin. The coffin bunker. Yes. There you go. That's that's where we'll go. Yeah. One way trip. I don't need a return flight, ma'am. I'm gonna die here. <laughs> Uh, that'd be that'd be an interesting uh like like uh, journalism piece is like uh d- sort of poetic deaths on the golf course something like that you know like, yeah it happens a lot yeah there was a woman here at one of the so when you have a change in weather a lot the tree limbs can get loose there was a woman here a while back and she was out in the golf course under the tree going to hit her shot and heard the tree groaning and moaning. She said to her friend, the tree's talking to me. And then next minute it fell on her. Oh my God. Yeah. And that was it. That was it. Her last words, the tree's talking to me. Whoa. How dark is that? What do you want your last words to be? Um, <laughs> There's a joke. Is coming. that, is that good? <laughs> <laughs> Can I pick it up? <laughs> yeah good 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 yeah mine would be like did you ever <laughs> i don't know i think one of my favorite golf quotes though is um 
I think I figured something out. Oh, that's been the, the Lang quote for the past how many it. years? I don't know. Oh, I was at the range. I was at the range this morning. I figured something out. Yeah, I figured something out. Did you figure something out? Brady, you ever say that? Oh, at least like three times a hole. Like every shot, yeah, I figure yeah. something out. <laughs> I think I figured something out. I think I got it. I got this feeling. It's it's more. It's not so much here. It's more like here. I got it. It's funny though. Every shot I had, I know what I did wrong, but I've never done anything to um, combat that. Yeah, golf's kind of like that. It's like, yeah, I'll deal with that later. Yeah. <laughs> it's so hard to actually, uh, you know. I think I think one of the most interesting things about golf is like. It's it's so hard to actually see what you're doing. Uh, you have in your mind, you have a vision <laughs> of what you, <laughs> you look like. Oh. Let's face it, every single person swings a golf club like Rory McIlroy in, in their, their head. head. Yeah. I know it's funny too, because like I remember when we first started like filming our swings, like I would show you the swing and you'd be like, Do I really do that? <laughs> like is this Last, like uh, this video was lying? My so- yeah, I was like, "What's wrong with your phone, Dad?" Yeah, why is it? Why does it do that loop back there? But but it never used to. It never yeah. used to. And do you know, I came to a conclusion. I blame you for that. <laughs> because so I was. It was funny, right? We were talking about. I was talking to uh, Lucas about it. I was like, "Why have I got this weird look?" And he's like, "You have to feel like wolf. Like you have to feel like you're coming way, way out. You know." And oh. um, so we came up. My new swing thought was uh, it was wolf, wolf short because I like over swing and I'm super flat. So I was like, wolf short. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> didn't did, did, you didn't see a difference? <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. But it's like it's so hard to change your swing. Oh, yeah, back to why it's your fault. I have this weird loop and like flat swing because yeah. I have old swings of you and I in Hawaii and my swing looks real good. Pure. And um, we were at Wilshire one day, and you were like, and I've always, always, always had a cut, right? My entire life, I've had like this kind of baby fade. And you were like, dude, you need to start hitting the draw, man. <laughs> right? I was like, Eric, I'm fine. Like, I can live with a cut. I lose a few yards, doesn't bother me. It's consistent. You're like, bro, when you're back here, just feel like you're just feel like you're digging in your pocket for some loose change. Did I say that? You're like, just feel like you're going in your back pocket, drop it inside. And you'll just feel like you're going in the back pocket, man. So I was like, cool, cool, cool. So now I go back and then I like do this weird look because I feel like it and it actually looks like I'm getting my wallet out my back pocket. <laughs> and it is all your fault, Lang. Oh my god. <laughs> wow just, so, so basically don't take up the coaching game yeah i mean i must have given you some good tips after that that i said it's kind of like when you're driving down the road and you and you hit a tire and then next thing you see is a tire flat fixing place <laughs> it's like i'm like all right i'm gonna fuck your swing up first and then i can help you but you the to... helps never came i never helped i actually got lessons for my christmas so hopefully someone can fix the car crash that you've caused on my backswing did you uh wait was i also responsible for you when you got the chipping yips or is that am i am, is that someone else so so correlated <laughs> it's all this is all then you know stems. when then you know when we spent a lot of time together when i left the u.s my short game got dynamite oh yeah um you've always been really good with short game i'll just be 
my putting is definitely the best part of my game. Yeah. I'll just go to this swing coach and they'll be like, where did you learn that? I'll be like, Eric. I was like, oh, you know Eric Anders Lang? Oh, yeah, he seems like a fun guy. No, he's an, <laughs> ass- he's an asshole. <laughs> I hate that guy. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, fun times. Didn't we birdie the same hole at the old yes. course? Fourth hole? I had to chip on the green. That's right. That was incredible. Is that in the film? Did you, is that in the film, or is that just our memory? The the birdie putts are there. Did you lip? Yeah. You like lipped for eagle? Ooh, that oh, sick. you were so close to getting the eagle to uh, oh. the eagle three. It was like such a good roll. What a day, man! Who's the craziest person we've met while on the road? Like, who was the one person where we were like, "Whoa, Whoa. that's a good question." We must. There must be somebody. Does anyone there. stick out in your mind? No, I'm like trying to think about it. Like, do you know who I think was like, cr- like secretly crazy? Do you remember uh... Jed? <laughs> oh, Jed! Jed from Iceland. <laughs> oh, don't or even Isle of Man. Me... Isle of Man. <sighs> Project abandoned Jed. Jed. Now, Jed. whenever we want to get rid of someone, we call it Operation Jed. Yeah. Later, Jed. Later, Jed. <laughs> Later, Jed. We almost someone... called our company Later Jed Productions. <laughs> <laughs> so it's someone who I think could have got crazy uh, and I kind of wish we'd invited him on our night out was remember Rinji in the from Thailand oh, from, oh who was Dinesh's um, Dinesh's right hand man yeah. <laughs> he was dark bro yeah <laughs> he could have got crazy I feel like he was just like doing everything to help out the boys on the day if we had got him out that night we went out in the pole I think yeah. he just should have been like Ah! <laughs> <laughs> you know like he definitely had seen some shit he, he could have shown us the nepalese underbelly it sure. felt like there was definitely like uh he is aware of how the mafia works in Kathmandu. 100 percent. yeah like he knew where to not go where to go <laughs> yeah like he's like there's a reason why dinesh you know worked for this guy and i think it has to do with a lot of like things that you can't talk about Yes. Oh Do no, you know, I know. But, but who it might be was the guy. The guy. Um, remember the remember the political guy who like met us at Royal Nepal, and we took the photo. He's like, take a photo of me. So we took a photo of him. We put bunny ears on him, and we he was going to arrest us, and then or he was going to like the, shut us down. So the craziest thing, I can't remember if I told you this. This was like the sergeant, the general guy. Yeah. And right, the craziest thing. I'm sure I told you this. I was in Cardiff in Wales in a coffee shop, like a tiny little coffee shop in the middle of nowhere in Cardiff. And the guy that served me was Nepalese. So I was like, no way. I like being be in Nepal. It was the best experience of my life. He was like, yeah, I've not been there for years. And he said, what were you doing in Nepal? I said, I was at Ro- uh, Royal Nepal uh, Golf Club. He says, no way. My father-in-law is the... Uh, I can't remember what his role was. I was like, it wasn't the general, was it? And he went, yeah. What? I went, like, talk about a small world. His, so the, I met his son-in-law in a boutique coffee shop in Cardiff, Wales. <laughs> what a small world. How crazy is that? That is insane. I was like, that guy's kind of terrifying. He was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, no wonder you're hiding out in Wales, dude. 
Oh my god, I'm as far away as I can possibly get. <laughs> How funny is that? Yeah. Alright, you want to FaceTime still? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we can be ourselves? Yeah. Who are I, we? I feel like we're I have something I want to tell you. We're, we're not the people you met on the podcast. Uh, who am I? Who am there I? There you go. This is I think us. that's that's the thing that I was trying to really get at is as well the who am I thing is compounded because it's like you know like we're not we're as close as we can be to ourselves on camera but on some level that changes over time you know what I mean like who who we who we reveal ourselves to be I mean there's so many things that I would never ever <laughs> share, on, share, share on camera you know what I mean or like I don't know. It's just like, it's a weird thing. It's like the world is telling the, when you, when you do something out there, like in the world like that, like publicly, for example, like, like that's not you, but the world would tell you that it is. Was it strange for y'all that people on the internet know things about you? Like this strange steward for you that I know that you played uh, the old course with your dad. Yeah. But that's like beautiful. That's like how, because as much as Dad and I think that that day was about us, it wasn't really. It was about um, like a greater golfing community, and that's why it resonates so much with so many other golfers. Is because a lot of people got into the game of golf through their parents, be their mum or dad. So that is something. The holy St Andrews is ground zero for golf, and everyone dreams of playing the old course one day and to do it with your dad. So I feel like as much as that day was about dad and I, everyone sees themselves in that video as uh, uh, something that they would like to um, experience. You know, so it's that's why it resonates on so many levels with people. It's like here's two guys that grew up loving golf father son that's a common bond and they're out having this experience that i would i would love to have with my dad that's the message i get a lot and like it's the it's the really nice message as well i wish i could have done that with my dad unfortunately my dad passed away and they're, and they're the ones that's nice to to um like have conversations with people about you know when people kind of like reach out everyone wants to do it and we will lucky enough to do it and the way that Eric set it up it couldn't have been more perfect and our whole backstory with St Andrews and everything um so people talking about it I love it because it was like I say it wasn't about dad and I it's about uh, the greater golfing community I suppose and to take it a step further that further now those videos are the reason that people are falling in love with golf or the reason that they want to start playing golf I, Eric would get a message once a day I think uh I certainly get the odd message that say that say that is like these videos are the reason that I picked up clubs again. Thank you. That's I know Eric definitely gets that message like once a day. I'd say people write to Eric so and say and say to him, "You're the reason I got back into golf." Which like can you imagine? Like, I can't even imagine Eric if you ever take a second to sit back and think about that. That is a huge, huge to get one person into golf. We're always like, how do you grow the game? How do you grow the game? Which is a term that gets thrown about and overused so much. But to actually see the recognition that you're growing the game, more people are taking up the game, more people are getting back into the game that fell out of love with it because they realized it's not what they thought it was. 
Um, so that's a huge achievement and huge recognition of the work that you've done over the past five years, I think, Eric, as well. It's funny, you know, you go, you go through like, uh, life and yeah, I think one of my favorite quotes recently is this Einstein quote that says there are two ways of, of living. One is though, one is as though nothing is magical and the other is as though everything is magical. And, you know, I try to get into that ladder place where everything is magical. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's things like that experience we had there and in other places that it just is a highlight. It's a spotlight and everything else goes dark, you know, and that becomes like the, the, the meaning, right. The, the, whatever it is and the beauty of it. And, and, and it goes back to what I was saying earlier. It's like, it's like we are merely a collection of messy paint of, of, of people and, and experiences that we've had together. And, and honestly, to add to that, your version of it, which is how, how does the simulation play into that as you move forward? Right. That's the question. So what are you, if you're just a dream, do you just keep waking up event? I, I just, or this yeah. is just a dream. So how yeah. do you wake up in the dream? You die. Have you ever died in your dream? Of course you haven't. What happens when you die in your dream? You wake right up. You've thought about this. Hmm. <laughs> I feel like Homer Simpson. Eric's like, I came on this to be cheered up, and all I've been told is that no one cares about me, and I'm gonna, and I say all a dream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so, when you wake up from this dream, you only have like a handful of memories. Yeah, which we do anyway. I only have a handful of memories. Like, I don't remember everything that happened on the Scotland trip. I remember the old course. But when you wake up from this dream, one of those memories is going to be Eric telling you to put some change in your back pocket. <laughs> if I wake up with the same swing, I am going to be fucking pissed. <laughs> It'll be a nightmare. I'll go, oh my God. Oh my God, I had the craziest dream. Like My swing was like Ricky Fowler, but twice as flat. Wait, so so... <laughs> In our life now, what is a dream? In this life, like right now that we're living? Yeah, so like you woke up this morning, and what were those dreams? Just more simulations. It's just a continuous loop. It's just a continuous loop. Like your swing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's getting, I'm getting rid of that loop. That's going. Next time we play golf, that'll be going. In your dreams. Yeah. Uh thanks for thanks for hanging still. That was deep. <laughs>